0: Welcome to Evangel Church. Our mission is to bring people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us at evangelchurch.com. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. <sighs> Here we go again. Um, it's really hard for me to say, God. I mean, I thought I, thought I was over this, but I guess I'm not. And I remember, and I thought I used to be really stubborn, and I, I used to be just so mad all the time. And I I remember I had all these dreams and all these things I pictured for my life, God. And I I wanted to write songs, and I wanted to write you a song, um, but it was just never right. <laughs> and I didn't know what to really say to you. I don't think I really knew how to be vulnerable or how to just be broken before you, and That's exactly what I needed to be. And I think you gave me those first words, the first song I ever wrote, which were, I'm broken, show me the way. And I said that I trusted you. And I said, pretty much, God, that I I do want your will for my life. And it's funny now, I look back and, you know, all my friends are like, oh, hey, Liv, what about this song? And I think about this song and I'm like, God, I kind of hate it. You know, it's my first song, and I'm really hard on myself, but I think about what that moment meant for me. And it was really a time when I, I gave a little piece of myself to God. And uh, there's still more you want from me. And now I've watched as I've, I've gone through life, God, and you've, you've, all these dreams that I've had, God, dreams to, to make music, or to sing, or to act, or be creative. There's so much that I want to do, God. I've watched as you've literally opened every door. And, and you've, you've made every way for me, God. And I'm standing here and I'm looking forward and I basically have everything I've ever wanted right in front of me. And it still feels off and something's wrong, God, and I still want to control it. And I'm sorry. Because <laughs> I, think, I think you're asking me, I think you're just standing right in front of me and, and there's this little bit of myself left, God, and you're asking, do you trust me? And if I'm, if I'm being honest, God, because you already know. No. <laughs> no, I don't trust you. I really don't. Because if I did, I probably wouldn't be acting like this. But I really thank God that I want to. And, and I know I know somewhere in here, God, I, I really do know that your will is what's best for me. But, but I just, I need so much help. I need as much help as I can get, God. It's so hard. <laughs> so hard to trust you. so hard to trust what I can't see, but I know you've got me, and, and I'm sorry. Help me. <laughs> help me. Remind me every day, God, that I really do want your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven.
1: Here's a statement I heard someone say many years ago. Jesus died for me, not who I'm pretending to be. And I think sometimes we put up walls, don't we? We put on a, a, a false picture of who we want the world to think that we are. And I know that every one of us on some level or another, we are very guilty of that, including me. But when we come to God in prayer, do you think that the God of heaven and earth, the God that created the universe, that he can't see right through that? We come to him like we come to church. We dress up, we, we fix it up, we clean up our language, and we, we kind of open up to him like, as if he's like, oh, now I'm, now I'm listening. And I think part of what the Lord would, would want us to learn together is how we approach God, our Heavenly Father, The God whose name is high and holy and set apart. How we approach him in prayer. This series of messages is called Teach Us to Pray. And what we're doing during the month of January is we are learning what it really means not just to know the Lord's prayer, which is the most famous prayer. It's the one Jesus taught us to pray. Everyone that would follow him said, when you pray, this is how you pray. I want us to move beyond knowing the words to the Lord's prayer to knowing the heart of it and beginning to live out the Lord's Prayer, right? And so let's learn together. Let's take that journey together into God's Word. And if you have God's Word with you and you have scriptures, you can open it. Uh, Today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6 and we're going to be in Matthew chapter 4. And today, church, if I can just, uh, if I can kind of just step back from from this and just talk to you for a moment. Uh, Today has been a crazy day. Uh, I, I mean, there are people that are a part of the services. You have no idea what today has been like. Uh, we walk in. We were having technology issues. Um, we continued in. People were sick. We had people calling out. I mean, we were scrambling going into first service, just just something going on and feeling like, you know what, Lord, um, when that happens, I normally feel God has something special for us, and uh, something's just trying to everything, and, and, and is just trying to get in the way of that. And uh, so we, we get through the service, and I come up, and, and I'm in the middle of my message in first service, and as I'm in the middle of my message, I almost fall off the platform. Uh, and I'm thinking, oh, that's a little odd, and then I realize that I can't hear out of my right ear. And I'm like, this is, okay, this is strange, so I'm just pushing through. So tell your friends, if they really weren't happy, tell them to watch this message, and maybe it'll be a little bit uh, better. But, but I go through the half the message without being able to hear out of one of my ears, so I, I leave, and I'm just kind of freaked out, because the content of today's message, you're going to get it. Um, is all about how God's power wants to show up in your life. And I felt like it, uh, that I was just being distracted. Things are pressing in. And we get into this service, and my wife, I had my wife, pastor, some of our pastors and leaders praying over me before this service, just that, that uh, nothing would stand in the way of what God wants to say to us today. And right in the middle of this service, Mandy turns to me in her ears. The same thing just happened in her ear. And we're pressing in, and we just were like, you know what, we're just opening the altars. We're just going to let God show up and move in our midst, and and, and God's just breaking through today. So I, I want to just let you know that's kind of what has preceded this time where we're about to go into God's word for me as your pastor. So I'm guessing that if you're here today, um, I know God has something for me today. I believe he has something for you today. So maybe some things have been messing with you all week or even this morning, or maybe you're here and you're watching me right now at home because... Uh, everything has blown up in your face. Here's what you need to know. Press into God's word today. Listen with an open and expectant heart because I believe he wants to move in power and I believe he wants to do something special uh, for us. So let's go to his word together. And Lord Jesus, we come today. And Lord, for the first words that we sang today, the enemy's been defeated and death couldn't hold you down. And Lord God, we lift our hands and our voices, Lord God, in victory today, knowing, uh, knowing that we look to and we pray to our heavenly father, And the icing on the cake isn't just that you love us and that you're in heaven, but you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And in your name there is healing, and in your name there is freedom. And in your name today, Lord God, nothing is impossible. And so we come to you today, Lord, and we say, let your kingdom come, let your will be done in this house, in every heart, in every life, and may nothing stand between what your word wants to accomplish. Lord, you said, your word will not return void. It will accomplish everything that it has purpose to do. And I pray today, Lord, we stand, Lord God, declaring that nothing will get in the way of that this morning in your house. So, Lord, we just take that stand today in Jesus' name. We come to your word in Jesus' name, and we ask you to just take us on this journey. In your matchless name, we pray. Amen. So, there have been a lot of fireworks leading up to these few words, and here are the three words. And I believe they're the three words that have caused so much mess today, and they're the three words that when you start to take it to heart in your life will cause your world to turn upside down? Your kingdom come. It is a powerful phrase, one that I don't think we always get the depths of understanding what it means. I want you to know something today. When Jesus came, when he was born of a virgin, when he walked this earth, he really had one thing that his ministry was known for, the kingdom of God. And making the kingdom of God known And I want to make sure today that we leave here with an understanding because certain phrases, they get used so much in the church and we've been going to church so long, but when we really think about it, like, do we know what that really means? Words like holy and hallowed Words like kingdom, do we really get what God had intended for us to understand about those words and about what that really means? So today I want us to understand together what it really means when we would pray this bold, this life-altering prayer that says, your kingdom come. Because I want you to know something today. Today, whenever we pray these words, when Jesus called his followers to pray these words... It was a revolutionary prayer. Now get that with me, okay? It was a revolutionary prayer. And the reason I'll tell you this is because there was already a kingdom that was established. A kingdom that has existed for thousands of years. And it was the kingdom of this world. And I know that that can sound vague to you, but you need to understand that there was a kingdom that was established after man chose to sin in the garden. Back in Genesis chapter 3. Because they originally lived in God's kingdom. And that means whenever we live in a kingdom, it means we live under the rule and under the authority of and under the reign of whoever that leader is of that kingdom. So the kingdom of God, guess who the ruler is? Let me hear it. Who's the king in the kingdom of God? The king, our Lord, God. Jesus is the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. That's God's kingdom, okay? Where he reigns, where he is on the throne. But there's a kingdom of this world. That came because of sin. And the enemy of this world, they say the prince of the powers of the air, our enemy, the enemy of God, Satan, he, he, he prowls around in this kingdom like a roaring lion looking for whom he can devour. And in this kingdom, there's sickness, there's disease, there's brokenness, there's hurt, there are all kinds of atrocities. And it's not just in a kingdom of a certain government. You could look at what's happening inside of, uh, inside of China and how people are being persecuted for their faith. Do you know in China that if, if you want to have more than one child, there was laws that were enacted that you could not have more than one child in a home? Has anyone heard about that? And do you know that, that if you would go on to have multiple children, that they could literally come into your house and force that child's life to end within the womb of the mother? I'm not just talking about that uh, a, 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 as, a, as a, th- a theory. It's actually what happens. are stories that come out about things just like that. Do you know today that there are m- more slaves in the world through sex trafficking and other things than there's ever been in the history of the world? Do you know? I mean, when, when you really think about it, when you think about genocides, whenever you think about some of the brokenness in this world, it's a part of the kingdom of this world and it's a very broken kingdom. And it seems in in every way that the enemy is winning and things just keep getting worse. And when Jesus came into the world, born of a virgin, when he walked in this earth, you had to imagine with me that it was like a king that had entered into a very broken, a very dysfunctional kingdom. And everywhere he walked, he had a message. And here's what the message was the kingdom of God is in your midst, there's a new kingdom. And there's a new king, and he's taking back so many things that have been broken. And so, Jesus is there, and you can imagine with him. Think of one of those epic stories that we will read, the stories that grab your attention. And it's normally about some rebellion, some rebel force, but somehow we're always rooting for the rebels, right? Do you know why? Because as Americans, we were rebels. We, we founded this country. We, were, we had a king, And the king was overseas, and the king had had really given us all the rules of how we were going to live. But guess what? At some point in time, we started to realize, we don't want to be a part of that kingdom anymore. We want something different. And you know what that war was called that brought us that freedom? The Revolutionary War. Anytime you stand in one kingdom and start saying, I want that kingdom, that makes you a revolutionary, a rebel. Jesus entered into this kingdom of this earth, of that brokenness, of that sin, and here's what he said, when you pray, pray your kingdom come. It's a powerful prayer. It's a powerful prayer to pray, to pray in the life that we live in. And I want to set the context for you because the world of Jesus' time, they didn't have iPhones, they didn't have modern technology, they didn't have all those things. But you know what they had? They had brokenness, they had sickness, they had disease, they had people that were, were being ravaged in their bodies by evil spirits and demons. They had things that were going on that have translated and are still happening today in people's lives. And look what it says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. It says Jesus was going all throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel, meaning the good news of the kingdom, in healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. Everywhere he went, healing was following him. And then in verse 24, it says the news, that good news about him, like this guy, this something's different about this guy, it spread throughout all of Syria. And they brought to him all who were ill, all who were suffering with various diseases, with pains, demoniacs, meaning they had demons in them, epileptics, paralytics. And what happened? He healed them. And large crowds followed him from Galilee into the Decapolis and Jerusalem and Judea and far beyond the Jordan. Jesus was a master at something. He was a master at show and tell. Remember that as a kid? Remember that when you would come as a little kid and your teacher would say, all right, all right, everyone, you get to bring one thing in you get to show it. I had to ask Mandy, do they still do that? Like I know so many schools have gotten so, so, uh, so stringent that they can't even do show and tell anymore. Um, but a kid would come in and say, this is, this is what I have and here's why it's significant and let me tell you all about it. Jesus, during the beginning of his earthly ministry, his show and tell was this. I walk up to people who are sick, who are bound, who are demon possessed and in my name... Everything goes, and there's healing. Let me tell you why that just took place. Let me tell you about this God who loves you. Let me tell you about the kingdom of God. You've been living under another king, a king that's been stealing your life, a king that's been destroying your life, a king that leads you to death, but I want to tell you something. The kingdom of God is here now, and there's healing, and there's freedom, and there's deliverance, and there's peace, and there's a new king on the throne. And you got to imagine when people are hearing it, this wasn't just a spectacle. This wasn't just Jesus trying to get famous. It was him demonstrating the power of the kingdom of God. He was giving everyone a picture of the world that God had imagined in the beginning, one that was free from sickness, one that was free from disease, one that where we walked with God where we had that kind of intimate relationship like you and I have never yet known in a kingdom that Jesus was promising one day when he ultimately would return as our reigning king that we would be able to enjoy all who put their faith in him. And so Jesus came to inaugurate the kingdom, to begin to usher in the kingdom of God, meaning the reign and the rule of God and where the spirit of the Lord or where the presence of God is, where God's kingdom is, There's healing. There's freedom. There's all the things that we're seeing happen. For some of us, we'd wonder as we read the Bible, like, why did Jesus perform miracles? And there's multiple reasons to fulfill um, the prophecies and all, but one of them was clearly to show the kingdom of God on display. In fact, when he told his followers to go out, and he said, You're going to go out and you're going to heal the sick and you're going to do these things. And when you go, here's what you do you heal, and then you say, The kingdom of God is here, the kingdom of God is in your midst. And so something very powerful happens when the supernatural power of God is moving, it means that the kingdom of God is moving, the kingdom of God. We're seeing pictures of it in our day. But this is where it can get a little foggy and a little fuzzy for us because Jesus came to inaugurate the kingdom to, to begin to usher. He says, it's in your midst. But then he says we're called to wait on the full realization of it, on the culmination of it. Because even if we say the Kingdom of God is here, right if it 's here and it 's then, then like why is there all this brokenness in the world around us? why doesn 't it look radically different yet? In fact, it should be getting better since the time two thousand years ago, but I feel like it 's almost getting worse that 's what some of you might say, right so what 's going on? Is the kingdom of God here, or isn 't it and there is there is a, a phrase that is used to describe the Kingdom of God that you need to understand today it 's going to help the way that you pray it 's going to help the way that you understand. What Jesus came to do. Because this is what it's all about. I mean, the entirety of all four Gospels is all talking about this, the kingdom of God. And then when you get in the book of Acts, when you see the Apostle Paul, and he's writing, and he's talking to people, all he wants to talk about is the kingdom of God. You could show up at Paul's house, and in the, at breakfast time, he's talking to you about the kingdom of God. And then you come back at lunchtime, he's still talking about the kingdom of God. You leave for, you come back for dinner, he's talking about the kingdom. Then you leave for three months, and you come back from a break from some, he's still talking, you're like, oh, this guy is just talking about it. Because it's all about God's reign. It's all about God's rule. It's all about Jesus being Lord, King of kings. It's all about his power moving in people's lives. He came to just share that news, that message. It's good news. It's really good news. And so what does that mean today in the world that we live in? That a world can be so broken and yet we can say, the kingdom of God is in your midst. There's a phrase that's used, it's this, that the kingdom of God is, and if you're taking notes, you need to write this down, you need to pray on this, think about this, understand this. The kingdom of God is already and not yet. It's already, but not yet. Meaning this, the kingdom of God was inaugurated through Jesus. Already, it's, it's here, it's in your midst, but it's not yet fully realized or fully culminated. And so you say, that's a big idea, pastor. Help me understand what that means. The Lord showed me as I was praying, even this week, I, I, I said to Mandy, the kingdom of God is like the pregnancy that we are, li- that we are walking through as a family right now. And uh, if you don't know, my wife and I are expecting our second child uh, to be born. We just found out it's, it's gonna be a boy, we're excited. We're excited. And uh, we shared that news with our family on Christmas Day. And what's amazing about him is that, um, that the Lord had already put it in our hearts long before that we would have this son in our lives. And we had prayed for that and, and we're believing that that was, that was the Lord's uh, purpose for us. Because he had given us a name and we've been praying for this child long before we were pregnant. And his name is Josiah Christopher. His first name would be Josiah. His, his middle name would be Christopher. And uh, Pastor Marsha didn't know that, but when she preached on Josiah, uh, but that's it. And so we looked at each other. And we're like, we're gonna have to tell her eventually. Uh, but so, so, so let's say this: we we believed God that Josiah Christopher would be a part of our family, a part of our lives. And then one day, Mandy and I got a proof of it. We had a positive pregnancy test. We went to um, we went to a doctor. That doctor confirmed it. Josiah's here, or this child is here. And then as we looked and we were able to come to a point, we said, it's him. It's a boy. It's not a girl. It's a boy. It's him. He's here. And so here's what I would say to you. Is Josiah here or is he not here? He's here. He's, here. he's already, but he's not yet. Because you're not seeing the full reality, the full culmination of him, right? Amen. You can't hold him. You can't feel him. You can't even fully see him yet. And so he's already but not yet. And you know what we're living in right now? We're living in that pregnant phase where it's already but not yet fully realized. And so in one sense, we celebrate and we know the kingdom of God is in our midst and yet it's not yet fully as we anticipate it to be one day. But you know what I get a chance to do every so often? We have a great physician. Not the great, we have the great physician Jesus, but we have a great physician here on this earth. And... Uh, And and he allows us to come every so often, and when we come there, they put something right up against Mandy's belly, and in those moments, I get to see Josiah. I get to see a real picture of him right where he's at, and I get to see him in the womb. It's a a beautiful picture. It's a sonogram. Whenever Jesus came, and he began to walk on this earth, and he began to work in his supernatural power in ministry, it was that same thing. It was like we we were getting a sonogram, a picture of the kingdom of God in people's lives. It was like when he walked, it's like in this kingdom, you're broken, you're bound, you, 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 you're, you're a paralytic, but in God's kingdom, you can walk and there's freedom. In this kingdom, you're bound and you're demon possessed and you're, you, you're, you're just completely filled and you're, but in God's kingdom, this is what you have to look forward to, freedom. And sometimes we can get so caught up in the healing and in the miracle of it. Here's what you need to know. Every healing is ultimately a foreshadowing of the kingdom and of the freedom that's available in Jesus Christ. And so when we, when we get, because here's how I know that, every person that's been healed has gone on to pass away at the end of their life. And unless Jesus comes and meets you and lifts you and takes you to himself before your last days come, your body will eventually go through that process. So why that healing? The healing is to show the kingdom of God on display in our life today so that more and more people will come to know the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and they will trust the King who has the power to heal, set free, and make all those things known. Is it, make, is it becoming clear to your church today? That's what it means when we say the kingdom is already, but not yet. And as we're living, fully anticipating that one day we are going to see him face to face, there's going to be a celebration, we're going to sit at a wedding supper, a marriage supper. there will be uh, such freedom, there will be no pain, no tears, no loss, no sickness, no disease, no, none of the things that, that are weighing on your life today. None of those free from that and seeing God as he created us to ultimately see him and be in his presence for eternity. That's something I'm excited about. That's good news. Is that good news? It's very good news. So Jesus got to spend his life and the apostles got to spend their ministries telling that story of the good news of the kingdom. And they weren't just telling it, they were showing it. It was there, it was visible. People were seeing it in the supernatural signs, wonders, and miracles that followed the ministry of Jesus. It was his kingdom on display. So Jesus says this, when you pray, come to your father and say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But I want a picture of heaven here on earth today in your presence. Does anyone else still want that? I want a picture of it in my life. I want a picture of it flowing through me. I want people to see it on display in my life. Well, here's what I would say gets in the way of this kind of praying. When we come to the Lord in prayer, we don't often come asking for his kingdom. We normally ask coming for our kingdom. Inside of this broken kingdom, we all have our own little kingdoms, and we have all these little things that we want and we desire, and we are king over our kingdom. And although we say Jesus is Lord and Savior, if you've not yet stepped off the throne of your own life and kingdom, then it's just word. It's not in action. It's not really the way you're living your life. When you're praying, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. It means you're Lord. You're my Father in heaven who I love, and you're the King of kings who's over everything. And today, Lord, I want your kingdom more than I want my own kingdom. I want your kingdom more than I want this promotion. I want your kingdom more than I want whatever it is that I'm so worried and fixed on in this life. I want your kingdom to grow, not my own fame, success, reputation. I want your kingdom to come. I want your will to be done in my life. When Jesus walked, he gave us this way to pray. And it's something that, that is proclaiming. All that, that God wants to do. And I want to tell you, there are so many people that are caught in this broken world, in this broken kingdom, and they don't know that there's good news. At the end, they don't know there's good news to look forward to. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, gives us an understanding of why we still live in this tension. And here's what it says. The Lord is not slow about keeping his promise. Some of us would say, well, wh- what's going on? Why are we waiting so long to see the Lord again? He's not slow as some would count slowness, but he's patient towards you because he doesn't want anyone to perish but for all to come to repentance. So in this time, just as Jesus came with such a sense of urgency that in those three years, he went everywhere and he helped people see that God had something better for them than they've been living in, that God had freedom for them and a brand new life for them and forgiveness in them and, and salvation for them. And his followers made it their life's work, their calling to God and just share that good news with others. We, we are meant as his followers to pray, Lord, we want your kingdom to come. We want your will to be done right here, right now, in this world that we live in. And when that happens, we start to see things changing. I know that we talk about it so often, and there are so many strategies when we think about war, when we think about how we, we counteract some of the atrocities that we see inside of this world, when we pray for the persecuted church, our brothers and sisters that are in Iraq and in the Middle East, that, that they're being killed for their faith in Jesus by ISIS that's moving through, and, and we know that our military will have a plan, and they're, you know, it, it, it's a tactical assault, it's a ground assault, it's, it's dropping bombs, it's doing all kinds of things, and, and, and that's what they do to, to counteract those things. But I want to tell you in the kingdom, you know, you know what we see happening and how Jesus moved in people's lives? He takes terrorists and he turns them into evangelists. He comes and he, counter, he counteracts the, the terrorists. He, he, he just completely lifts them up and spins them on their head. I know that because the most famous terrorist of all time is Saul of Tarsus. I mean, he was the first one. He was like, he got in on the ground level of persecuting Christians. And then he met Jesus face to face. And in that moment, Jesus could have ended his life. He said, Stephen, really? Like these people, you're going to sit there and hold jackets while my followers? Instead, he says, why do you persecute me? And this man falls and opens his heart to the Lord. And God changes him and sends him out to be someone that would go out and tell everyone about him. Last year, we had Pastor Ghassan here, who is someone that's ministering to the refugees, someone whose life was threatened on multiple occasions. He is discipling a former member of ISIS that is now a follower of Jesus Christ. Tell me that God can't do it. God can do it. He turns enemies and terrorists into evangelists and friends. So as you pray for his kingdom to come, you pray, God, Move by your spirit's power in people's hearts, in people's lives. Go into the places where there's corruption, where there's brokenness, where it's so dark, and bring your light right to them. And turn people from within towards yourself, towards your heart. Because we know that he's rescued us. There's a kingdom of darkness, it says. In Colossians 1.13, he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. And now it's all about seeing that kingdom become a reality inside of people's lives. When we pray for his kingdom to come, we're praying that the king would reign, that Jesus would be Lord over every life, over every situation, that the world around us would change and look more like the one that God had desired for us. We live in this tension. We live in this struggle, though, to see that. But it's powerful for us to know that. I think some of us, we need to be reminded of who our Father in heaven really is. I think sometimes we can have a father that loves us but can't do much to change our circumstances, right? That you, could, that you could have a parent that would be like, I love you and they'll see that you're going through whatever it is you're going through and all they could do is cry with you because they, they, as, as much as they love you, that, they, can't, they don't have the power over, over finances or over health or over all these things that can be so much bigger than we are. Do you know that you have a father in heaven who's your daddy? He's your Abba Father but then when you look and you realize it, he's also the king of kings and the lord of lords. And do you know how kings rule in their kingdom? They speak a word and it's done. There is no bureaucracy. There is no getting caught in a process. Could you imagine today with me that, that any king or, or any, any government leader, even the president of the United States, that it could take, I mean, a, a, a leader like that, their availability is based upon, it, it limits the higher they go up, right? If you wanted to meet with the mayor of your town, it might take a few weeks or a few months. If you wanted to meet with the governor of this state, how much longer would it take? If you wanted to meet with the president of the United States, probably not happening, right? So it's months, it's years. People, you know, there are people that will wait a year to have a five-minute conversation with someone like the president of the United States. And do you know that in that moment, If you're that child of the President of the United States and you need something from dad, you could walk in and that five minutes they've been waiting a year for will turn into two minutes for you. Has anyone thought about that? Does that that do anything for anyone else? (laughs) That, That you have an audience with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? I'm afraid we don't believe it. That we have a God who turns his ear towards us when we call out. And he's not just a loving father, he's the King of Kings, he's the Lord of Lords. He has the power to heal. Does anyone believe that God still heals today? Come on. I was reminded, I was reminded of this story again this week. It says right here in, 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 in the scripture that people that came to Jesus, paralytics, epileptics. I was with some of our leaders this week, and we're talking. We got to hear from someone that attends Evangel Church right here. Been coming for about eight or nine years, and the reason they're coming here, and they call this home. Is because they lived for 34 years of their life with epilepsy and with seizures. And if anyone's ever known someone to live with that, it's terrible and terrifying. But they came down to this altar and one of our pastors prayed for them in Jesus' name that they would be healed. And they've gone eight years without one seizure. It's a power, it's a picture of the kingdom of God on display inside of someone's life. God has the power to do that when we call to him. I mean, it should lift your faith, church. It should lift you to a place where you realize God is a God who can do the impossible. And we need to stop limiting him by whatever we see in this world and start trusting that we serve a God who can do the impossible. And so we see that his kingdom is big and we want his kingdom to come and in his kingdom there's healing. In his kingdom, there's all those things. But then right after that, what do we pray? We want your will to be accomplished. Uh, So it's not just all the benefits of your kingdom. We actually want your will as well. I'll just take all the power, but can it still be my will? Okay, look, like it's not about my kingdom come, my will be done. Your kingdom come, but can it still be my will be done? In your kingdom? I'm your child? Can I get some of the benefits of that? No, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we don't just look forward to the power of his kingdom on display. We also look to him that his will would be accomplished in our lives. And I want to tell you, church, God has such a sense of humor. Because I'm saying, I just want So I'm just trying to get in the zone, like, Lord, help me to practice this so that I could preach it really well in front of our body, and like, because this isn't easy for any of us. And last night, I'm a big Steelers fan. Has anyone stayed up watching the game? <laughs> so here I am, you know, I, like, I'm not like, well, whatever your will is, Lord, for how this game's going to end. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> I have all kinds of ideas in my mind right now. I'm like taking the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, turn your chi, all, I'm like, alright, like, we're just going to not talk about that tomorrow. I'm like, I, want my, I, I have a very specific idea of how I want things to pan out in this last two minutes and you can see, you know, God loves the Steelers. That's good. That's all I'm going to say. He loves them. But, but you see, I mean, I've seen, I'm like, okay, do I want my will or would I just be like content? Like a whole, you know, and again, it is not about that I make every football game or sporting event a praying matter, so please don't start send, sending me your team schedule and tell me to pray for outcome. Um, but I think about something that simple that we can get so wrapped up in, and how much more do we really want our own will in our lives? How much more do we really want what we want to be accomplished? And we get such tunnel vision in those moments, so we can't see anything else but what we want. Is there anyone else like that? We just see what we want and what we need, and we're like a child that is just so fixated on it. I want to tell you something. There's a difference between what I want and what I need, whether I'm willing to acknowledge it or not. And in that, you know, that's a lesson I need to continue to learn. It's one that I haven't uh, fully understood, and it's one that you haven't fully understood. Um, you may think you are, but I'm just telling you that you're wrong today. Because um, God's here, and you don't want to be judged by him in this moment. Um, And so as we come, I think about this idea that we often want God's power, but for whose purpose? And today you need to learn how when you're praying, your kingdom come, your will be done, you're praying you want God's power for God's purposes, not God's power for your purposes. And you have to to trust something today, that if you have a father who loves you, who's also the king of kings, the Lord of lords, he hears you, you have to trust that his will for you is what is best for you. And it's either we get that or we don't because at times we don't think his will for us is what's best for us. Did you hear how Olivia prayed? How she is there and, and as she's going through this in her life, she's praying and Lord, I want your will but do I really want your will? I, like, like, do I trust you that if I just let go, Lord, what you have for me is what's best for me, Amen. not what I want for myself. And we need to all submit that part of our will to him. It's a process of dying to ourselves it's a process of letting go of those areas. If Lily comes to me, you know, and, and here's how it is. If she comes, she comes with different requests. And Lily has two things that she brings to us right now. She's learned how to find them. One of them is a pouch. And the pouch has nutrients and vegetables and fruits and all kinds of fun things that, that would help her grow. And, and I would say yes to that request. Even if it's outside of her meal time. at times of yes. She wants something that is aligned with my will for her. Other times she knows where these powdered donuts are. That is a certain set of grandparents that live in New Jersey and not in Pittsburgh have introduced her to. <laughs> and whenever they get those, she has those as well. And she comes. And I, and I have to say at times, no. Those don't align with my will for you. Those aren't a part of the purpose. She can come to me at one point point. she'll come with pixie sticks or suckers or whatever, you know. She comes to me with something that's going to help build her and grow her or something that's going to hurt her. What does a loving father choose? As much as she may think, she needs that. In the same way that she has a limited capacity to even understand what she needs, you need to realize, as smart as you are, it doesn't matter how many titles or, or, or how many people are reporting to you, wherever, you need to know that when you approach God and when you really think you know what you need and want, and you need to know you're approaching him like that little child that doesn't really have the full picture. Only he does. And so then you, it makes, you make it easier to say, Lord, I, I think I get it, I see this every which way, but I leave it in your hands your will. I don't know, Lord, how me walking through this is making any sense, and how you not delivering me from it would even matter. Like, like I don't get it when I pray, and I'm not seeing it. Trust that his will in those moments is what's best for you, and that he's going to keep you through it. He's going to hold you through it. And again, I, I don't need to understand it to be able to share it with you. I just have to be able to trust it, right? You don't have to be able to understand it to be able to receive it. You just need to trust it by faith in God, His will for you is what's best for you. So how does that call us to pray? And I think there's three things that we're praying for. Whenever we say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I'll invite the worship team to come up at this time. We're praying this. It's all about God changing things. It's all about him changing. And the first thing, we're just going to pray, Lord, change everything. Whenever you see things in the news, when you see these broken things, here's what you say, Lord, change everything. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, Lord, bring about. Lord, we pray you'd send your spirit to places of brokenness, Lord, that your kingdom would come, that you would come and change everything. And we long await it. And we pray we continue to see the signs of that change and transformation as we move closer and closer to being with you. And then you get down to a more personal level. Don't just change these big circumstances, but change the people within them. Change them, Lord. Change their hearts. Begin to pray for your enemies. You say, what are you talking about, Pastor? Pray for my enemies. It's just that Jesus said it like a few verses before this. (laughs) Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for them. Pray for them and pray pray for the people that, 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 that you see doing these atrocities and these terrible things. And then even pray for the people that just get under your skin at work. Some of you, those people that have offended you or hurt you, It's actually harder for you to pray for them than people that are doing terrible things around the world. You're you're praying God would change your heart. Pray that God changes that person's heart as well. He has the power to do it. Change them, Lord. Move in their heart. Move in their life. And then you you go right to yourself. Lord, change me. (laughs) Just change me, Lord. Change my selfishness. Change the things that I hold on to so much. The things that I'm just so stubborn with. The the areas that I just want to build my own kingdom, my own will. Change me, Lord. Your word says you could take away this heart, this selfish heart of stone, and you can give me a heart that knows you and that walks in your ways, that walks in your decrees. Give me that heart, Lord. Change me. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Would you bow your heads with me tonight? There's some that are here today that the first step you have to take is you have to surrender your will to His will. And the first place that that begins is by kneeling your life at the feet of Jesus Christ and saying, Lord, I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. That I'm tired of trying to lead my own life. I look to you now. When he's your Lord, it means he's first in your life. When he's your Savior, it means that he saves you from your sins. That no longer do you have to try to figure out how to clean up and fix up your own life. You bring that brokenness to Jesus. And because he died on the cross, he can give you a brand new life. And so today, within the sound of my voice, if you have not yet entered into that kind of life-changing relationship with Jesus, today is the day of a brand new beginning for you. But you need to be willing to acknowledge that. You need to be willing to take that step. And so in a moment today, I'm gonna ask you to take a very bold step. I'm gonna ask you today that when I count to three, if you are ready to start a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm just gonna ask you to stand to your feet. I believe that defining moments call for decisive actions And today could be a decisive action. It's a defining moment in your life. It's a moment that God wants to change everything. You've heard the good news. I trust you've heard it today. You've heard that Jesus loves you and has a better plan for your life than the one that you're living. The question is, are you ready to submit your will to his will? Are you ready to stand in his presence and say, I'm ready to be a follower of Jesus? With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, today's the day. Stand to your feet. One, two, three. If that's you, stand up right where you're at. Right where you're at, stand up. I see two people standing. Praise God. Praise God. Is there anyone else? Stand up. That's you. I'm going to have my altar workers. Where are you at, altar workers? Could you just go to them? Just stay standing for just a moment. Someone's going to come to you in just a second here. And they're going to they're going to greet you. If you're still here, just stand up right where you're at. Church, if you know the Lord, begin to pray for them. Begin to pray and begin to celebrate what God's doing in their life. Begin to ask for God's plans to be accomplished in it. through. Like, we give it up for the Lord again for what He's doing. <laughs> Praise God. If that's you. Today's the day. Stand up right in God's presence. If that's you and you're you're in the middle. Step out and, and meet someone that will walk right up to you. They're just going to give you a special gift. They're going to give you something uh, just to, to help you take that beginning of that journey and just stay standing until you receive something. Great. Would the, Would you, rest of us, would you bow your hearts and would you open your arms to the Lord right now, right where you're at? I'm gonna pray for you. Lord Jesus, we come to you, Lord, as your children. We love you and Lord, we want your will to be accomplished in our lives. Lord God, we wanna know, Lord, that we know that we are surrendering those areas of our life to you, a God that loves us, a God that has a plan for us, a God that wants to lead us and guide us. And so Lord, we'll say it again and again and we'll pray it and we'll live it, Lord. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in our lives, in and through us, Lord God. Lord, help us to pray. Pray that you change everything. Lord, help us to pray, Lord, that you would change them. Help us to pray, Lord, that you would change us and change our lives, Lord God. Lord, we commit this time to you. In Jesus' name, we commit this word to you. Help us not just to pray it, but to live it. In your name, amen. Amen, praise God. Praise God, would you stand with me today? God, so good. And what what an appropriate song for us to sing. We're no longer slaves to fear. We're children of God. Today, if you need a touch from God in your body, come down to this altar. Let one of our altar workers pray for you. Let one of our pastors pray for you and believe God to move in your life. Today, if you need to spend time alone with the Lord, come, kneel at your seat, spend time in worship. And when you feel released, go with God's presence and let's continue to live out our prayer before him.